0: And welcome to the Bright Side here on News Radio ninety three point one, also on five forty. Also, there's a podcast. It's uh, the Joel C. Hunter Bright Side Podcast. I'm not Joel C. Hunter, but you are. That's right. That's right. I'm Joel D. Hunter. <laughs> That's right. Uh, just uh, I, I've never shared this on the on the air before, but my middle name is David. His middle name is Carl. So I'm technically not a Joel Junior. I get that question. a lot. That's right. Yeah. Are, are you a Junior? And then I explain the whole thing and. Uh, then people usually just walk off midway through the explanation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, I'm not
2: done. Wait, hold on.
1: You see,
0: but by the naming nomenclature. Uh, so this is The Bright Side, and we are talking about uh, ways to help you help others. Uh, and you've probably been waiting for a while. You're like, when are they going to talk about robots?
1: <laughs> and today's the day. I'm sure. There's so much fear about the automation of life and how you know the the population that I deal with are the marginalized and they're kind of on the edge anyhow and so they see robots as threatening their livelihood mm-hmm. um, because they um, are in the lower skilled end mm-hmm. of the of the um, service spectrum but the the quote that I read in some of the uh, research that our research department yielded. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, thanks Becky. Um, was robots will replace tasks. They won't replace jobs. Interesting. And that's a, that's a significant difference. That's a really interesting way yeah. to look at it, yeah. And, and they will also make... Jobs, yeah, uh, for people who are willing to be trained.
0: Now I'm a little suspicious. When you heard this quote, was it like robots won't replace jobs? It could have been propaganda. I know it could have been a mole.
1: <laughs> we will create jobs. Nothing to worry about.
0: <laughs> Just give them more power.
1: Yeah, but it's true. There is there is a certain <laughs> you know the metal guy that told me that did have his toupee on, crooked. <laughs>
0: yeah, has <laughs> his eyes beeped and flashed at me. He seemed trustworthy <laughs> as he twirled his mustache in three sixties. Um, so uh, it, it, it is true though. There's a certain amount of, uh, of animosity towards the idea because what happened, I mean, it, it's, it's robots and CEOs that really get, you know, lambasted because it's like, well, sure. You're going to pay this money for this machine uh, that uh, a self checkout's a great example. You know, yeah. uh, you're replacing a job that somebody could have. Um, but The truth is, you know, when you're getting rid of a lot of tasks where, you know, people can get bored, it's not a great job, it is a low-skilled labor, uh, robots don't get bored and they can do things faster and more accurately when it comes to a lot of those things. Um, It's it's not that it's uh, taking away uh, good jobs that somebody might want. It it does take away some uh, less fun, more mundane tasks that people might not want so that we have... Uh, money to do other things. You know, there's there's ways to do other stuff. There are, I mean, I don't want to seem naive. There are industries like, uh, you know, uh, long distance driving and stuff like that where it does look like it's it's going
1: to be disruptive, but disruptive's not always bad. Uh, disruptive is many times is really good because it gets us into an area of discomfort where we either improve our own performance or we sideline ourselves. Yeah. And so, and and the whole idea of of robots is that they do the. Let's do a little etymology first. Mm-hmm. The word robot comes from mm-hmm. a Czech word meaning uh, forced work or labor, huh. <clears throat> and and it's robota in in uh, in the Czech language. And so, the whole idea here is that these are mechanisms that would. Um, that would work for us in ways that may not be awfully appealing to other people. Yeah. Uh, but ways that could be uh, much more efficient than if you had a human component. Yeah. And so th- the the idea <clears throat> as we go into the future, as anybody goes into their future, is am I going to be trained? Uh, am I going to be flexible enough to be willing to improve my performance to fit what's needed or am I just going to get mad and shake my fist because um, that thing that I thought was exploring Mars, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or the exploring the depths of the sea? Um, now I want one for my living room. Yeah, uh, yeah, the living room is the last frontier. Yeah, it, said. it is funny because you've got you've got robots uh,
0: at the very edge of the solar system. Uh, I mean, you can kind of count the Voyager as a robot. It's kind of robotic. Uh, and then you've got you know robots sitting on other planets, and you've got them at the bottom of the deepest parts of the ocean. But yeah, there was that. There's that one uh, robotics specialist uh, <laughs> who said who who talks about that as the living. Can't room. Can't wait to get our guest on <laughs> as the living room being the final the final frontier for all that stuff. But one thing you know, I like to uh, just have a, a you know a very uh, rose colored glasses uh, utopian idea of the future. And and when I when I do that when I put on these rose colored glasses, I'm I'm wearing on my face the The idea of having robotics take care of some of the uh, challenges with uh, agricultural farming, all that stuff. To, to there's there are some of the people who really do know a lot about this stuff that are saying where we're headed isn't that everybody's you know living in slums and everything's terrible. It's much more towards a universal basic income because Absolutely. a lot of these a lot of these tasks that. Uh, you know, you used to have to pay someone for, uh, there There are uh, robots that are able to do that thing, you know, and it already has helped a lot with, I mean, a lot of this is genetics and stuff, but with farming, I mean, we get so much more food out of the same acreage of farmland uh, and stuff like, uh, you know, robotics, it, it really will, uh, the, with the harvesting of all
1: that stuff, it really will make a difference. Well, that's what, that's what again, some of the research uh, shows that this will be much like the Industrial Revolution where it looked like it was going to ruin the way of life. Mm -hmm. But what it did was increase the prosperity uh, all over the world so that poverty was reduced um, and has been reduced to a greater extent over the past five decades than over the previous 50 decades. And so all of these things we're afraid of, Mm -hmm. some of them will be remarkable. For example, uh, when it comes to um, robots in medicine, um, um, we're gonna we're gonna be looking for uh, a different kind of um, pharmacolo- pharmacological help in that they will be precise in their medical um, uh, distribution yeah. and dispensa- dispensing, um, so that people don't have to wait in long lines, and you won't see what happened. in the it's a great life with George Bailey, with the, with the pharmacy guy who got drunk and then beat him upside the head because he almost poisoned oh, somebody. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a wonderful yeah. life. Yeah, yeah when exactly. He, when he's like,
0: don't box my ear again. Yeah, I remember a, yeah. <laughs> seeing that as a kid and being like, ah, this is <laughs> I rough. Know.
1: I know. <laughs> so it would be much more precise. Nanotechnology, um, which will do things. And what is nanotechnology? Nan- nanotechnology are, nano is, 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 incremental or small, Mm -hmm. Um, and so we will be able to have robots implanted into our bloodstream to fight diseases uh, that just the general um, medication—identify and fight diseases that just the general medication was inadequate to do, Um, and it it will isolate and target um, just the bad cells instead of the good cells along with it. Um, And so— and so, there's just a and and in diagnostic uh, um, 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 purposes uh, will be much more accurate in its reading of what's going on inside. So, just those things. If you and if you get uh-huh. one of the interesting things, if you get enough of those nano machines
0: implanted, you can do that whole T1000 liquid metal thing. <laughs> And I, awesome. I for one, look forward to the day. Uh, where, I know. Remember that guy when he's like, "Have you seen this boy?" He was, that, was a, that, was yeah. a, that was a great movie. That you movie. know what's amazing is that movie was in I think 91, 92. I mean, it was it was a long time ago. It still holds up pretty well. I mean, I, it was. I know. It really, it really, it really turned. Well, the, page. the
1: first drawing of
0: a robot was by Da Vinci. Oh, of course. Uh, I, I mean, what it, didn't Da Vinci do I first? Know. Yeah, the, which makes it all the more difficult to understand. How it's possible that Walter Isaacson could write a book that's so boring about about Da Vinci? <laughs> it's almost it's almost an incre- it's an incredible. Sorry, that that Walter, was... but you got you got to pick up your game here. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's come a long way uh, since the 1600s, and uh, and so we are going to talk today with somebody who actually knows about this, <laughs> unlike know. us, who were like
1: another... we, were, we just
0: been treading water. <laughs> another thing, Have you ever see that Terminator? What a movie! Uh, so we're going to be talking when we come back from our break with Michael Walker, who is uh, the technology director for Community Resource Network uh, and pretty much just a robot expert. I mean, the guy's been into it for his whole life I and, know, this uh, and is cool. knows a lot more about it than, uh, than we do. Uh, but that's understating it. So when we come back, we'll be here with someone who knows what they're talking about. Welcome back to The Bright Side. I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with my father, who's much wiser, and his name is also Joel oh, Hunter. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, and today, we are talking about robots. Yeah! Robotics, technology, <laughs> uh, and just the whole view of the future. And we have with us, thank heavens, uh, someone who knows about robots, uh, and that's Michael Walker. Hey, thank you for being hey, here. it's great to be here. It's really, really nice. So, um, I we were reading through uh, uh, your your whole life. Cause that's what the research department does. She just, she scours the internet. And so, um, but this is something you've really, you've had a passion for, for a long, long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, when you're, when you're hearing uh, two relatively uneducated robotics <laughs> People talking like us. Uh, what would you say about? I mean, do we have the idea of what robotics is? Correct? Is it a spectrum of robotics? I mean, how would you define all that?
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. A lot of people have this this kind of Jetsons mentality that there is this 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 uh, vacuum cleaner that comes out and runs around, and and that's true. We do have Roombas and things of that nature. Um, but a lot of times we don't think about the technology that's in our car, just keeping us safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always think of these distinct objects running around. So think about um, anti lock brakes. 20, 30 years ago, that was a commodity that nobody had. Mm. Now you have cars that have anti-lock brakes, um, anti-skid. So all these different weather conditions, different people passing you, it'll give you alerts and little buzzers and things like that. That's a robot. Mm. Uh, My definition of a robot, and there's lots of different things, are just that Something takes a bunch of inputs, makes the decision, and does something with it. Huh. So a lot of people think of that physical thing when in reality it's how do I respond to something? And true, they can be full-scale things like you mentioned Voyager and things of that nature. Those are decision-making crafts that are – that are. it takes hours and days sometimes to communicate with these craft for, because of the speed of flight. Huh. If you don't let them do their own thing – they fall apart. huh? So uh I would say, that, yeah, that is a robot because it has to make its own critical uh, critical thinking. I mean, a programmer so, made some choices.
0: So when uh, on that same spectrum, when when somebody's uh, talking about robots versus artificial intelligence, I feel like that's something that gets uh, muddied a lot. I mean, I read, mm-hmm. you would never know from that first segment, but I read a, a <laughs> decent amount on this. Um And I still, I don't feel like I ever get a clear picture of when people are talking about artificial intelligence, does that also have a spectrum of what people are talking about?
2: Yeah, I mean, very much. I mean, a lot of people think about um, things that can just completely, omnipotently do things. in that's, our lifetime. that's the one I want. Is I hear That's scary. That scares me. Uh, that That's its own. Um, uh, there is so much in that. But um, artificial intelligence, you start to see a lot of these things, um, something called a neural network that's been a very popular thing in the past couple of years. And you see that where Google and them use it to solve very normal real-world problems. Mm. So say, for example, they can put a ton of data into a system, and a programmer can say, hey, we know there's something here. So let's say uh, hurricane tracking. Very, very common thing where... There's so much data, there's barometric pressure, there's temperature, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's millions and millions and millions of data points that are constantly changing. And you're trying to find uh, a way to say, here's this current set of data, take all this historical information that we have and try to come up with your best guess of where a hurricane's gonna go. Hmm. Now, a lot of people go, Uh, We're not doing very good with that. Well, in reality, over the past 20 years, we've went gone, I forget the exact numbers, but it was something like a 200 mile cone from 48 hours to, I want to say 50 miles. It might be a little bit off in those numbers, but it's an order of magnitude. And that precision allows first responders to get in place and all these different things. But the point with AI side of it is there's no person like they used to be with a calculator saying, okay, let me make an Excel spreadsheet or let me do this thing. There's a computer somewhere that's just processing an almost infinite amount of data and saying, yeah, I think it's going to go here. Yeah. yeah, It's it's nebulous. And that's that's a form of AI that most people don't think of. They think of the Terminator-type style. Yeah. Where in reality, that is an incredibly powerful thing because there's just a computer running for days and days and weeks sometimes just processing data and saying, okay, I think this is my best guess. Let me take a step back just for a second and just talk about you
1: for a second, Michael, and how you got interested in this. Sure. I realize you live in Titusville. So you were surrounded by kind of the space Mm -hmm. industry, but you said when, and you you were um, uh, as a freshman, you were on the first robotics team um, uh, mentored by engineers from Boeing and other countries, other companies. Mm -hmm. And so um, you said when you were in middle school, you got super interested in this. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, how do you get interested in uh, this would, this would have gone so far over my head. Have you always just been mechanically inclined or intrigued by problems or what, but what I, was the deal?
2: I do find the problem solving very interesting. I mean, that's, that's even what we do at community resource network. Right. A lot of my role is that what we're trying to do is uh, to support these families that are on in the edge of crisis. They might lose their homes and other things like that. How do we provide tools that can empower them, help them to, to minimize the chances of that occurring? Right. Um, so yeah, there's definitely that problem solving aspect. But the funny part is for me, Uh, I actually got into it because I used to flip through NASA TV to see what was going on at the Space Center. And all of a sudden, one day, I saw these five-foot, six-foot-tall robots driving around with high school kids behind the wheel. And I was like, well, that's weird. They were sitting in a corner with joysticks, and here they were throwing basketballs up into a hoop. And I was like, this is... Wait, the robots or the kids? <laughs> <laughs> the robots. Wow. So the they were power they were being controlled by humans and stuff like that. Um, and they were playing three versus three. And these kids were actually building these robots in tandem with engineers and other professionals because uh and you know, five foot, six foot tall, 150-pound robots. Um, and that's what I I'm still involved with that organization wow. to this day. Let's let's go there. Let's let's talk about
1: um <clears throat> ways that kids can still get involved Absolutely. in in the whole. Uh, arena of making and, um, creating
2: and programming, uh, robots. Yeah. So the, the main organization I work with is called first robotics. As we talked about earlier, um, there's a range of programs. They have everything from a thing called junior FLL where it's actually kids playing with Legos and then they attach some sensors on it. So like there might be a thing like a bump sensor, they call it, where it literally bumps into the wall and it says, Oh, I hit the thing. And it just sends out a little spark of a signal. And then mm. you can take that signal and say, well, I hit the wall okay, I probably should start backing my wheels up and turn the other way and go there. Mm. So you're talking about nine, ten-year-old kids that are actually making these little robots that are going around on a table and solving problems. And every year they come up with a new problem that these kids can do. And, uh, and they kind of pair with like a science fair type of thing where they get to do a research experiment and learn about, you know, various um, aspects of, you know, uh, how uh, weather patterns are shifting and various things of that nature. Um, and then in the upper echelon, they kind of have these high school teams in co- win this thing called first robotics competition, where they're actually building those six foot tall, 150 pound robots, the robots themselves have to drive around on their own using only sensors that are on the robot. So, like again, like those bump sensors that we were just mm. talking about for 15 seconds, which sounds like easy. But what would you do if you said, "Hey, you go do things for 15 seconds, but I can't tell you what to do"? Um, and these kids are making things that will. You know, have arms that grab out, and they grab a target, and they pick things up, and they start throwing balls or whatever Sheesh. the competition is that year. And they're building these in six weeks. I like how smart Michael is, and he's like, "It sounds easy." I was like, "No, <laughs> 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 no I, I know it's really hard." <laughs> it <sounds
0: easy. laughs> so, is this like a a physical location? Like, say. I'm listening to this. Yeah. I'm a dad. I have a 9-year-old. All of this is true so far. Uh and and then I want to figure out, you know, how how to get him involved. Is it is it like a website that you go
2: how do you get yeah, involved? I mean, in- there's a lot of information on their main site which is firstinspires.org. Um First Inspires Firstinspires.org. Okay. So, um they uh like I said they have a range of programs based on the different ages. And a lot of times you can just go to your school and these programs are are pretty ubiquitous now if a school doesn't have it for example in Central Florida here uh, a team that I helped start back in college, this team called Exploding Bacon, you know, nice normal name, um, uh, was actually a byproduct of some schools not having them. And we worked with 4-H to create essentially a catch-all. where oh, that's it, smart. Yeah, 4-H, yeah. Yeah, so they, if, if you're homeschooled or your school for, you know, say administrative politics won't allow you to have a team because of travel restrictions and things of that nature, um, you can go and join this team. So a lot of schools have that. Uh, uh, have teams of their own, but if they don't, uh, there's a lot of other things. So you can go on there and search for teams in your area. And if there is one. And then it's something involved. that they can do just like after school or, or yep. on weekends or, or is it, is that it, what the different is? programs do it a little different? The younger ones are kind of throughout the year, the high school program, they actually start at the beginning of January. So right around now, oh. uh, this week, January 6th, they started with a kickoff um, and the teams have six weeks to build this six foot tall robot. So that's part of the challenge is you don't have enough money. You don't have enough time. You don't have enough resources. Go and do the best you can. So it sounds
0: a lot like it simulates a real job of quite a bit, you know, yeah. where it's like, <laughs> it's like you figure it out. Uh, that's yeah. that's really neat. Um, we have to go to a break. But when we come back, uh, there's so much more we want to talk about. We'll be back with Michael Walker after this. Welcome back to The Bright Side on 93.1 and also 540. I am Joel Hunter and I'm here with Joel Hunter Sr. Yeah. Uh, well, not really. It's, 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 I'm here I'm with- I'm very the, senior. Very senior. Very senior. That's right. Hey, didn't you recently get a discount somewhere because they just- uh, <laughs> I
1: did. <laughs> I went up, your mom and I were at the mall and I went up to Taco Bell and I said, we'll take uh, two Diet Pepsis or whatever. And uh, <clears throat> And the girl came to the counter and she said that'll be a dollar seven. And I said, <laughs> Where can you get two diet cokes for a dollar She said, Oh, I gave you both the senior discount, and then she gave us these little cups, <laughs> and she said, and she said, um, and you, and these are refillable, so you can. And she talked real slow, oh, like we man, wouldn't understand that's her. So great. It is so, it was so
0: cute. That's really funny. There, there is a, a, a generational. Uh, it's funny because, like, there's there's the millennial generation dealing with you know uh, people who are in the boomer generation. Um, but, uh, Michael Walker's with us today, who is a kind of robotics computer technology expert guy. Basically, if you just say a bunch of smart words, that's what he does. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but we were talking at the break about that. You know, you were saying how, uh, as, as millennials and generation X, you kind of, we kind of live through this transition, mm-hmm. but, but the the kids you're working with, I'm sure to some degree, like they don't remember a time where. Things were different than this.
2: Yeah, for me, it was, you know, we had to dial up, you know, we had to say, hey, can I, can we use the phone line for a half hour so I can go on AOL or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And for kids now, uh, and as you were saying, it's weird for kids to not be able to immediately find something or hop on FaceTime or different things like that. It's just, it's just always been there. Uh, I remember we never took photos really because unless you had a film uh, camera and we're like, this is worthwhile for me to take a photo exactly. and develop because it
1: costs. Yeah, really. yeah.
2: And now it's just, uh, you know, uh, in our office, Ruth, uh, I love her, and she takes more photos in a day than I probably took in my entire high school period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and it's great because she gets to document her her entire uh, the entire experience of her kids growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, there's this pro and con where, um, you know, yeah, yeah. Both sides I, of it. There's a dynamic in in all of this that's. Th- it's not
1: just a generational dynamic; it's a human dynamic. And and one of the things that I read um, was an expert uh, an excerpt. I'm sorry from an article uh, at the University of Duis uh, Essen in Germany, and it's and it basically said that um, people are prone to treat robots more like people than machines. Uh, and and the experiment that they that they did is that they programmed programmed a robot. Um, when someone was going to turn it off to just plead with it not to turn <laughs> turn it off the robot t- and and so when people were asked to turn off a humanoid robot they hesitated to do so if the bot pleaded to stay on that's a black mirror episode uh, right there <laughs> <laughs> oh, i know so whether whether it's you know an old twilight episode uh, twilight zone episode where um, it features a very human um, beautiful girl robot that the guy uh, uh, who, who was uh, banished to an exile exile planet um, and to live with this robot becomes comes to think of her as a real human. or it's just a natural human tendency to project human qualities on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to name my cars, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, this has to be, um, something that is a, 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 at least partially a driving force, I would think. Your your background is in industrial engineering. Mm-hmm. You love to you love to solve problems, uh, but somewhere this human equation has to come into it. Mm-hmm. You have to feel like I'm making a difference in a person's life, um, and somehow if I can build this contraption or this mm-hmm. this. Uh, um, a particular venue
2: for solving problems. I'm going to be help, helping people out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there are a lot of existential existential questions that you're kind of getting into with that. Um, in my specialization with with working with high school students and stuff like that, this is that more of a vehicle of inspiration. Mm. Um, so a lot of people look at it as all these what ifs, and uh, unfortunately, I'm never going to be able to solve that problem. So I don't lose too much sleep over it. However, I can use these tools to have a kid be just as excited as I was when I was yeah, 12 yeah. and they can drive around and have a robot doing whatever that competition is for that year mm-hmm. and go, Oh my gosh, I just accomplished this. And on top of that, they're now partnered with engineers in the field that they want to work. Last year, there was $80 million in college scholarships, much of which didn't go out for these students. So wow, if you think really? about yeah, it's oh incredible. Goodness. They had, you know, over 200 uh, of the fortune 500 companies are actually sponsoring either teams or events in this. So there's, this incredible partnership where, um, you know, I I played football as a freshman. I was terrible, um, which is why (laughs) I went to robotics. Um, (laughs) But uh, most people that wanna be in in some sort of athletic sport are unfortunately gonna get injured or just not be good enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you go into what, you know, we kind of joke about this being a sport of the mind, you go into this and you learn how to solder, you learn how to do basic programming, you learn how to do this, and then you go to college, A, you have a leg up on people in terms of just background knowledge, B, you probably have a scholarship, so you have fewer student loans. And C, you already have partners out in the field from your mentors that you're working with that are typically begging for you to come work with Mm. them afterwards. Mm. So there's this fascinating thing where if every kid can move through this program and have a path to success regardless of what their yeah. their economic status is with their family or or other life factors. Mm.
0: I was kind of a step ahead in sports. Uh I both got injured and wasn't good enough. <laughs> I uh, which which maybe which I I did go on to learn how to solder. That's uh <laughs> no, that's uh, good. good. So one of the questions I had for you as you're as you're dealing with uh or not dealing with, but as you're as you're helping kids get into this stuff. And by the way, are we still like this stuff you're talking about with all, is that still firstinspires.org? Yeah, that's all
2: tied okay. in with there. So, okay. um, yeah, that's
0: the part I want, I really want people to hear that website over and first inspires and it's F I R S T. Yeah. Okay. First inspires. And yeah. if you
2: want to see it, um, coming up here in March, uh, March 14th through the 16th over at UCF, they're actually going to have these tall robots competing. Uh, it's free to come see, uh, and you just pay for parking basically and get to see these kids actually doing it. You can walk through the pits. You can have conversations with these kids. They'll actually explain to you things that you have no idea what I I don't even know what they're talking about half the time. They're smarter (laughs) than me now. It's amazing. Um, and they get so excited because people just want to see the work that they've created. Um, and then you get to actually see robots shooting basketball or whatever this, we don't even know what the competition is yet. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, here's a question is, is it are the people that End
0: up doing this and being good at it, or liking it, and, and saying, "Wow, you know, I, I'm I'm I've got a gift for this." Uh, is it usually the people that you would expect? I mean, were they always into this stuff beforehand, or do you find that there are people where uh, they did this on a whim, or they thought they might be interested, or their friend got them into mm-hmm. it, and then they've they've realized they've got this whole part of their brain
2: that's gifted they didn't even know they had. It's both. I mean, there are kids that are very excited, but if you think about it, let's say you have 40 kids on a team and teams vary in size, but let's say you have 40 kids on a team. They're traveling to three different places around the country. They have to build this massive robot. They have thousands of dollars in parts and machine shops and all of these different people doing different subcomponents. People have to manage that. So you see a lot of people that are actually business type people coming in there. You see lots of marketing people that are saying, how are we gonna do the fundraising for this? Huh. So um, I, I would say on a typical team, maybe only 30, 40% of the kids are actually doing this this mechanical or electronic type things. A lot of the others are doing more of the administrative support roles that are equally as important and also translate into really good jobs. So um, it, it kind of gives them a knack for a field they might not even be super interested in while preparing them for something they are interested in.
0: That's really it's really interesting because I, I feel like this has the potential if it's if it if it went the way that I, I would hope it would you know like when you were in high school pop, there was like the cool kids working on their muscle cars, you know? That's right. That's right. Shop. Uh, and, yeah, in shop <laughs> class, you know, and I feel like it's not that big of a stretch to transition it into this. Cause I yeah, you know, I yep. think I think uh movies like Revenge of the Nerds uh did a lot to really damage the reputation
1: <laughs> I know. of people that are good I know. at this stuff. I'm looking over at Michael. Michael, how how big are you? Six six. Yeah. Six six. I'm thinking this guy did not get beat up <laughs> yeah. because he worked on That's robots. That's
0: what I was gonna say. I wanted <laughs> I, we have to go to a break, but I did want to say at some point during this show, uh since you don't have the uh, the the gifts that we have to be able to look at this man, this Adonis sitting next to us. Uh, he. He's a large man. He could he he could beat up uh, anyone that would try to to, uh, d- to say his robot wasn't good. Or he uh, could
1: program me a robot to do it. Uh,
0: exactly. Yeah. It's it's both talents. You know. So this is something where I feel like the I feel like the the mental block that some people have of like I'm not gonna be a computer th-, It's it's really not what it was before because the you know it's I feel like it's the new muscle car. I mean like it's something it where it uh, yeah. it's it's more it's more useful because one thing you're not gonna do is is go work on the engine of your car that's controlled by 800 computers now. Uh, <laughs> I know. Bob and I tried to tried to jump start a car the other day. We co- <laughs> literally couldn't find the battery. <laughs> we sat there. This is and, so, so yeah, embarrassing. And I said, I was like, well, let's, let's never speak of this again. <laughs> uh, all right, we have to go to a break. When we come back, we'll have more with Michael Walker. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bright Side today. Uh, we are talking about robotics and, uh, and it's, it's not unrelated to helping people because uh, I would say probably the number one reason for pursuing robotics is helping people. I, I don't That's think right. anyone's just doing it because uh, it seems neat and it's not going to do anything to help. Uh, and today with us, we have somebody who's an expert on this stuff, Michael Walker, uh, who's been uh, building robots for a long time
2: now, how many years would you say? I think 16. I'm thir- turning 32 uh, this month, so half of my life yeah. now. That's, a, that's yeah. half
0: your life right. uh, building building robots. Uh, and so when people are hearing about this, and if people haven't uh, heard, you know, if people are just now tuning in, um, you should know, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast on this because you, it seems interesting to you, uh, you can find that on iTunes. Uh, but basically... What we've been talking about is, is the ability to get kids involved in this stuff uh, at a time when it will um, help them uh, kind of develop mentally and develop the right, you know, team, team building. I mean, there's a, there's, yeah, a, certain, there's a lot of team aspect to this, you know? Um, and if you're, if you're like me where I was just, I was tremendously gifted in sports, uh, but <laughs> ignore my father's <laughs> laughter, <laughs> but also uh, it's, it's helpful to have ways to compete. If, uh, if That's you're, right. if you're not really, I was very bad at sports, but it's helpful to have ways to compete. If you're, uh, if you, if you were more just bent towards that stuff, um, And it doesn't have to be an uh, either or type of thing. Um, So if people are listening to this and they're like, this sounds interesting. um, And they check out firstinspires.org and they look at the competitions and they see all that stuff. um, But they're just like, that's a lot of commitment. Uh, I would would like to see if there's any way to just uh, kind of get my feet wet and see if it's interesting at all. Um, You were talking about something about uh, a renaissance fair? Uh, It's called a maker fair, actually. Maker fair. I see. I had renaissance fairs on the mind. Uh, uh, Of course.
1: That's mostly what we think about.
2: (laughs) So what's a maker fair? It's this really neat gathering. It usually happens in November. Uh, So every year it happens at the Central Florida Fairgrounds where people get to just show off things they made. I mean, there's everything from little R2-D2 droids to these massive Tesla coils that people play guitars on to woodcraft to all these, you know, electronics and robotics things. There's a BattleBots-type arena. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and a lot of these kids that are actually in the first teams help run a lot of these exhibits and booths and stuff like that. And then there's, of course, adults showing off just neat ideas they have. Um, there's this really neat collaboration that occurs at these things called maker spaces, which I would heavily encourage. We have three of them in the area. They're all fantastic. Uh, one called Family Fa, Lab up in Longwood, another called Factory in downtown Orlando, and one called Maker Effects in South Orlando, kind of over by the Turnpike. Mm. So basically, anywhere in Orlando you are, you can get plugged in. Typically, they have once a month uh, just come out open house type of things. Um, and they have all these classes where whether you're an adult or a kid, they'll teach you how to solder, they'll teach you how to do um uh all these different things that you might be interested in it's just you come in and say i would like to insert this and usually someone says let me help you. And if they don't know, they'll help work it through with you. So oh, it's thanks. so really that's, cool. That's
0: called makerspace.
2: Uh, what is there? Is there a if like if somebody just Google's makerspace Orlando? Would that probably yeah for the in Google Maps if you're trying to find the one that's closest to you. Uh, but if you're looking for info on the Maker Fair, um, it's MakerFairOrlando.org. Um, and that event next year will actually be uh, November 9th through 10th, 2019. Does so, fair have an e after it? It does. But you can do either one. I actually checked really? this morning. Oh. I was I was wondering if I had to say He's that. So, so smart <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very, very. Yeah. Very, very, so, yeah.
0: He, not only can he build robots that can play basketball. That's he, right. Like, he, he, thought, he thought ahead on all. That's this stuff. right. Um, so I, I wanted to make sure. Unless I'm interrupting you, Pop. Uh, I wanted to. I want, there's one question I really want to make sure that I got to you, which is um, when people are are listening to this and and they are. Um, they they don't like the idea. You know, they, they hear this, all, all the stuff about robotics mm-hmm. and stuff, but they grew up in a time where, you know, as milkmen and, you know, everything was, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was, they don't like the fact that, like, you can't just simply fix your car anymore and all that stuff. What would you say to that person as far as like the the good side of all this stuff? why
2: the good outweighs the bad of where all this is headed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people uh, fearful of jobs and the and the things shifting, but again, a lot of those are typically task based things and usually they actually open up higher paying jobs in other fields. now there does that does require a little bit of a bit retraining and that's a little a little tough sometimes when you've been doing the same thing for twenty years. Um, but overall in most cases, uh, new jobs are actually created by getting by automating the simpler tasks because more money can come in or various other factors. Um, but on the other side, you've got all sorts of neat things. We were kind of talking about Roombas and stuff earlier. Mm-hmm. Roombas are amazing. If you think about how much time you spend on your household chores, but you have a Roomba, well, that's 30 minutes that you can now use towards retraining for a new job that yes. is better pay or mm-hmm. something to that effect. So, I mean, that's, that's a small example, but um, you get that over and over and over uh, in, in er- various areas where – by you being able to, for example, a lot of people think about faster internet, well, or be, internet being too slow. If you have faster internet, well, you just can pull up whatever you are doing. And if your workload was this, it took you six hours to do something. Well, if you can do it just a little bit faster, well, maybe it takes five hours and 45 minutes now. Mm-hmm. And and you might not even notice that, but that 15 minutes is now 15 minutes that you can spend with your kids. Yeah. It's 15 mm-hmm. minutes that you can go walk the dog. There's, um, there's this human side where, uh, a lot of people are so focused on the technology part of it, but I would actually argue the technology side could allow us to spend more time outside of technology. When I leave the office, I, my phone is always on DND. You know, mm-hmm. if you, I will respond when I have the chance to pick up my phone, um, it drives my girlfriend crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I always get back to her. You know, and and I love when I come home. I can hop in the pool. I can go work in the yard. i can do do some construction. And then when I'm saying, okay, now I'm ready to plug back in and and talk to my friends. Now I'll pick up my phone. Um, And if we can make that separation, I think that technology actually enables us to do much more. Think about um, traffic on your phone. You can use Google Maps and get to a place quicker. And instead of you sitting in traffic for a half hour, it'll reroute you around without you even knowing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I think one one of the main
1: battles that we have is people's lack of confidence that they can adjust uh, if their present course routine is interrupted, can I really adjust so that I will be needed mm-hmm. uh, for the future? I had a mentor uh, one time when it came to business, because I've, uh, I've mentored him spiritually and he mentored me in the principles of business. Philip Crosby, he's, he's now going to be with the Lord, uh, but he was this um, business guru. He was this m- kind of national consultant. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Um, brilliant man. And, uh, <clears throat> and he used to say to me, he said, when it comes to job security, you don't have to be brilliant. All you have to be is useful and reliable. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're useful and reliable, you will always have a job mm-hmm. because every employee wants – you can train anybody mm-hmm. for anything, but what they look for is somebody who says, you can depend on me, and I will do you good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so, I think that the the fears that we have for – uh, the robots taking all of our jobs are, are way overblown if we are simply um, willing to adapt to what's really needed. And, and if we're the kind of people that people want to have around, uh,
2: they'll, they'll find ways to keep us uh, included in the company. And you definitely can never fill in for like a teacher. You know, yeah. it's someone that can have that personal relationship. And this is something we talk yeah. about in the office all the time. Relationship Absolutely. is the key to everything. That's correct. Technology, robots, anything in that realm is never gonna replace a relationship. That's right. If anything, again, I think it can enable the ch- the ability to have more relationships. The do fact too. that I can talk to my friends in Ukraine by clicking two buttons and it's an instant thing and I don't have to pay a dime. Yep, that's amazing. You know, ten years ago, you would have to pay a dollar a minute to yeah. make a phone call. Remember yeah. phone um,
0: remember phone cards? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, Absolutely. It, that's right. It, yeah.
2: Absolutely. So I, I think that Uh, it's a double-edged sword. We have to make the choice to put our phones down, but by picking it up, sometimes it helps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really, I mean, I like what you're saying because the, the idea of there's, there's a personal responsibility Mm -hmm. to absolutely any decision. I mean, whether it's new technology or what you're going to do with, you know, your, your day period, uh, it's, uh, the idea that there we're on this inexorable path towards complete and total automation and, you know, what are we going to do about that? Uh, but then you say something that's very simple, but really profound. It's it's your phone in your, po- you know, you're the one deciding, you know, what you're doing with that. Mm-hmm. And it's not something where, you know, people have to be addicted to these things. And, uh, and so, because it, it ultimately should be used to foster and improve relationships, you know, Absolutely. rather than... Uh, rather than make it uh, harder. So uh, it's really nice that you were here. Oh, Thank you, Michael. This, Thank you for having this me, this buddy. This was fascinating. Yeah. It was one of my favorite episodes because it was so <laughs> very interesting. Um, if you're looking uh, to use some technology, there's this thing called the internet. And uh, on there, there's a browser. You type in simple.help. And if you go to that, it'll uh, you can sign up to get an email once a week. It'll tell us what to do for that day to help people out. Uh, and it's a good thing. We hope you join us doing that. And uh, Pop... This has been fun. Been a pleasure. I hope you all have a wonderful night. We'll see you next time on The Bright Side.